Good morning, everybody. Can't believe it. Today's shir is dedicated to Rabbi Rafal Sait, who's in house. Today we'll be learning Bezrat Hashem, Daf Pei Tes in Masachas Ervin, and hopefully finish the parak. We are starting almost a, uh, a full Ahmed behind. We are three lines down on Peiches Ahmed Beis. What has been going on? Well, we've been getting rid of our waste, haven't we? Uh, Rabbi Sait lives on Nachal Luz. Nachal Luz, all in Ramah Beishem, they're all called Nachalim. Nachalim is, is technically, right, uh, I guess like a river or of some sort. Sometimes they call it Nachaluz as a joke because when the sewer comes up, even in dry times, the sewage pours down the, the, the street downhill from Rabbi Seitz's house to my house. Anyways, why am I mentioning that? Because when they poured out, in those days, the waste from their chasers down into the Shisharabim, that would have been a uh, violation of a Zer Darabonon. However, there was a machlokes between Rabbi Zeir and Rabbah about whether you'd be able to pour out the waste if you're into your own chatzar, if your own chatzar had a certain amount of area. And to that, there was a machlokas, where Rabbah wanted you to have a nice garden with pamelas, like Rabbi Seit, where it was four by four amas um, minimum, and that would be for irrigation. Okay, that would be for purposes, so to speak, because people would throw out their waste, and they, not really irrigation, but to moisten the, the dust. They used to have these dusty chatzars, and to moisten it would be a good thing. Okay, but, however, if you were going to have a smaller amount, so then you wouldn't be doing it for moisting, whereas Reb Zera says a similar thing. You would think that they're saying the same thing, right? Rabbah says it has to be four by four amas, and Reb Zera says it has to be 16 amas squared. Now, if you get 16 amas squared, you don't need, you don't do only four by four amas. You can have eight by two, right? So if it's a long, thin strip, right, that's enough for Rabbi Zera, because Rabbi Zera, what he's concerned about is to have enough surface area for that chaser to absorb the waste. If it absorb it, then it's not going to run off into a Rishus Arabim or a Carmelis, and therefore you're not concerned. So, that, so Rabbi Zera is all about the absorption of the waste, and Rabbah is about something else. Rabbah wants it to be a certain size, because that size, if it was bigger, it's not about absorption, but it's about what, what your intention would be when you're, throwing, when you're throwing out the water into it. So, like we said, 4 by 4 and 16 squared sound the same, but you can have cases where their differences show up, and that's where we pick up. Three lines down, Amar, Maibe Naihu, Maibe Naihu, Amar Abaye. What would be this between and Rabbah? So, Amar Abaye, So the case we had just said, if it's long and narrow, right, if it's long and narrow, then, right, according to Rabzeir, it would be okay because it's going to absorb it, it's going to absorb the wastewater, but like Rabbah, it wouldn't be okay because it doesn't have the requisite width. Okay, so now, the Gemara is going to try to prove that Reb from our Mishnah, the fact that it would be absorbing it. It's not. Right? So our very Mishnah said that if you have multiple, right, look, multiple kinds of, you have your chatzar and then you have your porch and they're totally adjoining, right? So then in that case, you don't have any cesspool, you don't have anything. So because the fact that there are different kinds of domains doesn't matter. All that matters is that you have enough surface area in order for that water to be absorbed. And so what's the difference if the surface area is coming from something called a chatzar, something called a nachsadra? You're putting it all together, you have enough to absorb the water, it's not going to run off into a different nishus, and that's uh, fine, and that's what the Mishnah is saying. Kasha, but for Rabbah, it would be a kasha, right? Because the idea is that he has no intention of dampening that kind of ground with the water. He only cares about the chatzar. He doesn't care about the chatzar and the mitzvah. So uh, that person isn't going to, and therefore, the fact that it's multiple rishuyas uh, being joined together matters. It's not going to be mutter because that's not going to be his intention, right? Because the air, when the area is broken up, right, the idea is not to dampen the ground at that point. It's to get rid of the waste. And if his kavana, as we said, is to get rid of the waste, that wouldn't be true. Again, the underpinning of Rabbah's kula is that's a double shame of miskavim, that if your kavana is to dampen the ground, so then that's going to be mutter. So that's only going to be true if you have at least four by four. It has what we'll call a gina, right? It has the dimensions of a gina. But whereas if it's narrow, so then that's not your kavana, and therefore uh, right, so, uh, the, the, it's not to dampen the ground, but rather to get rid of the waste. That's the wrong kavana to have. Getting rid of the waste uh, per force is going to turn into some sort of hotzah. Okay. So now the Gemara says, however, as we, this is where we left off yesterday. Rabbi Zeir was very altruistic uh, and magnanimous, as Rabbi Seit was when he brought uh, our family window yesterday. Uh, it's a whole story. I have to show you the video. 
uh, Rabbi Zeir was going to interpret the Mishnah in order for Rabbi to fit in. That's very magnanimous, as follows, because he's going to say, He says the Mishnah can, in fact, uh, make sense according to Rabbi, because perhaps if the entire Mirpeset runs along the face of the entire Chatzar, so then, in fact, he does have the Kavana to dampen the ground, and therefore, even if though the two Rishuyas are, in fact, two separate Rishuyas, uh, as far as practically from his Kavana perspective, maybe he does want to dampen that ground, and therefore, he would also fit in with the Mishnah when it says that you are Mitztari for those Rishuyas. Okay. So now, we're going to try to bring a Raya for Rabbah from a Brisa. Tashma. Let's see this Brisa. Let's see if it holds like Rabbah or Zeira. Oh, wow. So that sounds very specifically like Rabbah, right? Because it's not saying a total of 16 Amos. It's saying it needs to have Arba Amos and Arba Amos. If it doesn't, you can't pour the wastewater into it on Shabbos. So Bish, the Gemara is saying what we would think uh, it means. That Bish, Nicha. It sounds like it's saying Dafka needs four by four. El Rabizera, Kasha, but for Rabizera, why is it saying Dafka four by four? It, it sounds like it, Dafka needs those dimensions and that long and narrow wouldn't be good. So that seems to be connected Rabizera. So let's see. So Amalek Rabizera, Hamani Rabanani. Who's teaching you that Brisa? That's the Rabbanon, right? The Rabbanon, they don't allow pouring sewage directly into that kind of area. So therefore, according to the Rabbanon, certainly it would be also. But our Mishnah is according to Rabbi Lazar Yaakov, who does allow it pouring sewage into a conduit. Now, just if you remember, that was yesterday's, um, that what we discussed yesterday was that sometimes, even if you think it can be absorbed, Okay, so then you still, we're still not going to let you. That was the Chachamim. The Chachamim didn't let you pour it right next to where people are going to be able to see. There's a Mars Ein component to pouring out the waste. People see you just throwing it out, even if it can be absorbed, if it's right by the spout, so to speak, so then it's going to be Asr. That was the sheet of the Chachamim. Rabbi Yaakov is very pragmatic. His whole thing was, as long as it can be absorbed, then we're going to be okay with it. So what Rabbi Zera is saying is that my position of all, all I care about is the volume is very consistent with Rabbi Lezer and Yaakov because my position has everything to do with pragmatism, absorbing the wastewater. If you have enough surface area to absorb the wastewater, then you're okay. But then the mission asks, what, what, is this, uh, what, is, what is so compelling to Rabbi Zera that he's going to go against the Chachamim and hold like Rabbi Lezer and Yaakov? That doesn't, that's not a good look. Like you should, you should be consistent. Shouldn't you want to be consistent with the Chachamim as well? So the answer is, Amarava Masnisin Kshisei. Well, the issue was, he went with Rabbi Yezabin Yaakov because the way the Mishnah, our Mishnah reads, remember, we just quoted the Brisa. The Brisa says, Arba Amos al Arba Amos. But Rabbi Zeir was compelled by the wording of the Mishnah. My Iri Ditani. What's the reason that the Mishnah is going to use the following words? Uh, what was the words that we had? We had Chatzar Shahib Chusa. Oh, that if it's less, meaning, right, that implies that the idea is that it's, lush, is that it's less than four by four. But it doesn't say, right, that it's less than Arba Amos al Arba Amos. That's what the Gemara continues to say. The Gemara says, Lisni Arba Amos al Arba Amos. In other words, if it were like the sheet of the Chachamim, or Raba, as it were, that it was a question of dimensions, it would say, Arba Amos al Arba Amos. You can pour it out. Arba Amos al Arba Amos, you can pour it out. But it didn't say that. It uses the word Chusa. The word Chusa just sounds like it's a lessening in volume. It's, it's right, it's more ambiguous. It sounds like if the chutzah is less than dollar by dollar in any dimension, in any direction, then it's not going to be good. And it implies volume, and that diuk in the Mishnah compelled, right, Rabbi Zeir to have a shita and to agree with Lezbun Yaakov. Okay. So, El Shlav Shemamina, Rabbi Lezbun Yaakovi, right? So, doesn't that Mishnah, in fact, doesn't our Mishnah teaches us that we hold Rabbi Lezbun Yaakov, says the Gemara Shemamina? Yes, it does. It sounds like our Mishnah, the Tan of our Mishnah, the author is Rabbi Lezbun Yaakov. And so, for that reason, Rabbi Zeir is explaining the Mishnah according to Rabbi Yaakov. However, Says the Gemara, there's other parts of the Mishnah. So if the Seifa, in fact, is Rabbi Yaakov, so then it must be, right, because they're arguing on the Reisha. And, the, and therefore, it sounds like it's proposing two opinions. And that would mean that the Reisha is not Rabbi Yezbun Yaakov. So the Gemara answers, cooler Rabbi Yaakov. No, really, the entire Mishnah is Rabbi Yezbun Yaakov. Even though the Mishnah is constructed in a way that sounds like there's a Tanakama and, right, the Rabbi Yezbun Yaakov that argues with it, that's not the case. The case is as follows. This is how the, you would read the Mishnah if you read it straight, if it was written straight. This is what it's saying. 
Ha'arba Amos, Shofchin, right? So it's saying like this. Arba Amos, so this sounds like straight up, Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov, straight up, that if it's less than Arba Amos in volume, you don't write Arba Amos by Arba Amos, you can't throw the water into it, but if it is more, then you can. Okay, so now, we're going to continue. This is Shur Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov, Omer, Biv HaKamor, Arba Amos, Bishos Arabim. This is a corrected version that has, right, the, everything amended to hold like Rabbi Yazbin Yaakov. As we already said, the Biv HaKamor, uh, Biv, not to be confused with the Bib, which, um, which Moshe Yehuda and Yaakov David State wore in, until like eighth grade at the Shabbos table, but he's saying Biv, Biv here is a drainage con- conduit. Kamor means covered. So if you're covered, and that's a good way to remember it, because the Biv covers you. So if the Biv is HaKamor, it's covered, Arba Amas B'Shosharabim Shofchan Soho, Mayim B'Shabbos, right? Which is to say, Rabbi Yazbin Yaakov allows the covered Right, the covered, um, what Arzpol calls a conduit. Why is he allowed? Again, it's the same Svara. He's allowing it because of the idea of absorption, right? So the point is like this. It's enough of a surface area to absorb the wastewater. That's all we care about. The, the contrast would be that if it, that, that even if it has enough absor- absorption, if there's a Maris Ein component, they're abundant themselves, we're not allowed. So we'll see. And the second wide line here, we say, Right, so the Yosef Yaakov is the one that says that if it's covered, you could pour into it, right? But, but again, but the Chachamim are going to say not. And, and beyond that, we have somebody who's even more machmer than the Chachamim, as follows. The Gemara is not pointing out that our mission is not like Chananya, who's going to be the most machmer of all. What's Chananya Shita? So again, just to line up the three Shitas, the Shita of Lazar ben Yaakov is going to be that as long as it can absorb, so to speak, the wastewater, you can pour it in, even if it looks bad. The Chachamim are going to say, no, that, that if it can absorb it, that's fine, but you can't pour it out in a way where people are going to see it and confuse you with someone who's throwing actually out the wastewater. So even if it's covered and it can absorb it, you got to throw it out from a little bit deeper into the gog where you can see that it's actually absorbing and you can sort of dissociate from this pouring out of the wastewater to the look, to the, uh, onlookers. And Hananya is actually by far the most machmir because he says spouts are made for spouting, right? Spouts are made for letting the water out. And because he holds that, he holds that even if you're all the way 100 miles away in the gog, if you're pouring it into a spout, that is usser because again, spouts, and really the truth is, as machmir as he is, it sounds consistent with what we assume maybe to be more r- reality, but it depends again on the material. But the material of our spouts, for example, right, when we have gutters and such, right, where we in the, in the times of the Mishnah, then we would say, what are you doing? You're pouring the wastewater, where do you think it's going? It's going, it's pouring out into the Mishnah. There's no absorption going on here. So that's what Hanani is saying, no absorption. It's not constructed for absorption, it's constructed to whisk all of the wastewater away, and therefore I don't want you pouring any wastewater into it whatsoever. Okay, the last word on the fourth wide line over here, Bameh. Bameh is part of Bameh. When do we say, right, that you need a, what we call a cesspool, right, in a small chater? All of this is the context, as we said, as it still is, I think, in Ramat Beit Shemesh, right, when everything is dry. Yeah, when, during the rainy season, right, we see this in other places in Shas, that if you were walking around in the rainy season, you could expect to have wastewater thrown on you if you're walking in an area where people are throwing the wastewater out of their houses, because Shofech Veshonev Nimne. Then it's on you, because you know that people are supposed to throw it out. And the fact of the matter is, again, it, it mitigates this Maris Ayan issue, right? Because people don't know, as the Gemara is going to go on to explain. Mike Taima. I'm a Rava. Rava walks us through why it would be mutter to throw it out, right, the wastewater on rainy days. As follows. Because listen, any time, typically, right, the idea is that a person wants the water to be absorbed in place, right? He doesn't care where the water goes, right? So, but in the case of sewage poured into, like, the long drainage, right, Hoping that he doesn't, he doesn't care where it goes. They just want it to disappear. Right? And still it's not allowed. Why? In other words, like this. We say that, again, when you have, when it, when it have rain, so the chatzar is muddied anyway. So the person's not going to care. Again, if the chatzar is small, 
right? So then you're going to need a cesspool, right? You're going to need to have a, a cesspool in a small chatzar because if you were to pour the, the um, normal amount of wastewater, you're just going to flood your chatzar, okay? So that's why you need a cesspool. So Rav explained, right, that if you have, right, rainy days, then your chatzar is flooded anyway. So at that point, the whole reason why we made, so to speak, the dispensation of the gazera, that you need to have a, a cistern there, a cesspool there, doesn't, uh, doesn't apply anymore because your, your thing is muddy anyway, so that's why we're going to let you just pour out the wastewater in the rainy days. But Abayi was saying, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have the idea, right, forget Hanania for a second, but we said that, that both Chachamim and Elizabeth and Yaakov would say that if you can pour it into a spout, so in that case also, the reason why it was mutter is because obviously a person wants it to be absorbed, right? And yet, Chazal said that you can't pour it out. When I say Chazal, I mean the Chachamim. Right, not Chananya, not Rabbi Yaakov, but Chachamim didn't want you to pour it out at the place of what the spout where it would have the Maris Ayn issue. So it's going to be actually obvious what the answer is going to be. In other words, the first issue that they broke it down was just the issue of what the kavana of the person throwing out the sewage was. So on a rainy day, his kavana is to keep it. So the kasha that right, the kasha over here that Abayi asked was, well, in the in the case of the spout, it's also his kavana to keep it. So obviously the answer is going to be, and we're going to read it in the Gemara. Now, yeah, that's true. But in the case of the spout, everyone sees you pouring out. That's the reason why, why the Chachamim didn't want you to do it. That does not apply to the rainy days. In rainy days, nobody can tell where the water's coming from. Let's read it inside. Yeah, but during the rain, what are people, where's the Marasayin? What are people going to think? Again, it's Mimarafshach. If you think, if you're concerned the rain, the Chatz is going to be ruined by water, it's already ruined from the rain. Right? It's already all mud. So that certainly, that ship has sailed. So you're not going to be concerned about throwing out all the water on it because it's already drenched. And if you think it's just like a Maris Ayin Gezerah, right, based on the idea that what will people say, they're going to think that, that Sate likes to just pour out water with impunity, right, his gutters streaming water. So, but what do they do? What do most gutters do during the rain? During the rainy season, they're just streaming out water. So the Maris Ayin issue here is also not an issue, whereas during a dry season, it would be during a rainy day, it isn't. And therefore, since you don't have any Maris Ayin, and we don't have any concern about what the Balabais' intention is going to be, so we are going to allow you to pour the water in the rainy days. Okay. That's how Rav interprets the price. Rav Nachman has a slightly different interpretation. Rav Nachman, the most hagishamim uka machazik sa'asayim, He's going to give an interesting halacha here. That he's going to say, right, that, that when, the, when, the, uh, when it said Bamedam Dvarim Amurim, it's talking about a more limited case. Let's see. In other words, when it said Bamedam Dvarim Amurim, we're talking about during the rainy season, but not during the dry season. It says that it's referring to a more limited case. Let's look inside here. That on a rainy season, we are going to allow you to throw as much water, wastewater, as the cesspool can hold. So if you have a, a double sasaim cesspool, then you, are, you can throw in sasaim. If it has a saw cesspool, you can hold a saw. Um, your new construction, uh, Rafal, in the, in the backyard, is that, is that cesspool sasaim or saw? It looked like a sasaim from the pictures. Okay. So you can throw a full sasaim into it. There is the, there is the difference. That during the summer dry season, right, in Israel it doesn't rain in the summer, so during that summer days when you know it's going to be dry, then if the cesspool can contain two saw, then you can throw the two saw water. But here's the difference. That during the rainy season, if you have a saw, a saw, a small sized, Right, um, a small size cesspool, you can throw the waste into it, a saw worth of waste. However, during the summer, when it's dry, if all you have is the small saw sized cesspool, you cannot throw out the water at all. And so therefore, that's what the Bamed Varimimurim, it says, Bamed Varimimurim be most like but be most It's not referring to when you have a sasaim properly double cesspool as Falsate does, because that you could do, you could use that in the summer or in the winter. But if you only have the small single size cesspool, then in the winter, it's going to allow you. That's what Bamed Varimimurim. In the summer, you can't use it at all. In the winter, you can use a saw of waste. Okay. 
So the Gemara is going to ask the obvious question here: Be nami But what's the difference? If you're, in other words, in the Musak Shamim, we're only letting you right pour out a saw anyway, even during the rainy days. So why won't we let you pour out a saw's worth into a saw-sized cesspool in the summer days? Wow. Say that fast. So the Gezeira, so you say it like this. The answer no. Gezeira Dilma We're concerned in the summer that you're going to pour out two saw of water into it. Okay. So then the Gemara says, yeah, okay. So why aren't you worried you're going to do that in the winter? So Yachay, must like Right? If the idea is that we're concerned you're going to throw out saw and we should be concerned because that's how much wastewater we're usually producing on Shabbos. So if that's a concern in the summer, why is it not a concern in the winter? So now it's just going to go back to the same thing we said. Right? You could be more makele in the winter because after all, what are we really going to gain? Right? In other words, a guy has, let's say, we'll use a random example, we'll say. So their false state has two saw worth of wastewater, and he only has, let's say, a single saw, right, cesspool. And it's the summer. So, of course, he's going to want, he's, he's not going to be able to withstand, right, the, um, he's not going to be able to withstand the urge to throw out all of it into a cesspool, even though he very well knows it can't hold all the wastewater, because he's going to want to be able to have that wastewater flow out. He has to get rid of it uh, one way or another, and he knows it's going to flow out. However, again, so now it goes back to the kavana. In the rainy season, right, so then it takes away his motivation because he's, the flowing out doesn't really help him, the, right, because the chater is muddy anyway. So that's reading it into the Gemara as follows. Says the Gemara, Right, the Mimanu Shach we said before. What are we concerned about in the rainy season? Even Kilkol, if the concern is you think that the chutz is going to be ruined by the extra water, and that's why Rafal wants it to, to go into Shusharabim. So Hamikalkalav Kaima. No, his his thing is already fully wet, so he doesn't care that whether it goes into the street, down Nachal Luz, or whether it stays in his gina. Or Imshum Gezera Shema Yomru Tzinar Shaplochay Mekalech Maim. And people in Mapachem did say that a lot about say that a lot of people would say that his gutter is always streaming water. So if that's the Gezeira, Stam Tzinaris Mekalchem Lehem. We have it, it's raining now, so of course the gutter is spritzing water. So therefore, there's less of a reason. We're not, we have no reason, just like we said before, in the rainy days. So it's really the same Heshman we said before, only we're applying it to the more narrow case of the single cesspool, as opposed to before we applied it generally to Yemosah Chama versus Yemosah Shamim. And that's why, okay, but then Abayah says, uh, okay, so if, if, if all, all this mimanafshach and all this unintentional runoff of water during the rain, right, is going to be mimanafshach, okay, because you don't care about muddying your chater, and nobody will ever be able to tell, you know, how much um, is coming out from the, cesp- from the cesspool water, from, right, from the wastewater, and how much is coming from the rain, then maybe you could even pour in, right, in the wintertime as much as you want. Like, you could invite, you could invite the entire yeshiva over for Shabbos and create all of that waste and throw it all out. So that was Abaye's final word on this issue. Now we're at the two dots, four lines up from Pechesim and Beis, and it's already past 6 a.m., so, but we're going to finish the parak, Bezrat Hashem. Says the Mishnah. What does the Mishnah say? When we had the, right, the two chatzers, they had a small chatzer below, and you had balconies, right? And only one of them made a cesspool. So we're going to leave a false alone for a second. We're going to say that, uh, in this case, Barry made the cesspool, and the other balcony was Andrew. Andrew, um, he was busy. Let's just say he was busy, and he didn't make the cesspool. So I'm a rava, I feel irvu. Even if Barry and Andrew mended their fences, you're really coming in, Rafal, uh, after a lot of drama. But now they're, okay, Andrew and Barry, they're okay with each other. So even now that they're okay with each other, and they're making a, uh, they made the eruv, Andrew's not allowed to use Barry's cesspool. Do not use that, okay? Why not? What, 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 would, be, what would be wrong? Well, you remember, this is not the halacha when they're drawing the water, right? If Andrew and Barry made an Erev, uh, so they're certainly allowed to draw the water, and Andrew would be allowed to draw the water um, from, let's say, if, if, um, if Barry had constructed a proper apparatus with Mechitos, then if they made an Erev between them, then Andrew would be able to draw water from that apparatus. However, he cannot use the waste. It's, that's distinct. Even Erev doesn't help you. Okay, so the Gemara is going to say, wait, but Amar Bayi, my time, what's the reason? Why are we not allowing Andrew to use Barry's cesspool after all? There's no 
After all, there's an Erev here. So what's the problem? There's no carrying here. So If you're going to say, well, the volume of, of wastewater that Andrew's bringing into the picture here is just overwhelming. And therefore, we can't have it. It's going to run off. But we already learned in Raisa that we don't care about unintentional overflow. Because we said, right? Right? I don't care... In other words, the Bryce shows us we don't really actually care about water overflow per se, right? The whole idea of this of the cesspool is to have a hacker, a proper hacker to prevent you from just willy-nilly throwing waste into the Rosh Hashanah. So as long as you have a proper hacker, we're going to be okay. That's what the Bryce says. I don't care if you have, what, a gistra, right, a cesspool or, or uh, I don't know, like a split vessel, they, they refer to it, or you have a pond or if you have a small boat. Whatever you have to collect the sewage, right, now, let's say you had, right, an ocean liner in your backyard for whatever reason, and it was absolutely huge, and all the water is collecting into that to use as a cesspool. Whatever it is, the point is, you have it in your backyard, and somehow the whole thing got filled up on Erev Shabbos. You had a huge, right, you had the Hoover Dam, what Israelis call Hoover Dam. You had, the, you had the entire giant thing of water in your backyard. Now, typically, right, that's way bigger than a two-saw cesspool, and therefore it should be much. The problem is, it's full, right? Anything that you have that's completely filled with wastewater, so you'd say, well, it's completely filled with wastewater. Does that mean that I can't throw out the waste on Shabbos? No. It says the Brahisa, Afopishan, it's Malumai, Mayor of Shabbos. Even if it's completely a full cesspool of any dimension, Shofrim, Lesochan, Mayim, Shabbos. You can throw the water into them on Shabbos, which shows you what? It shows you again that it's just a hecker to, to show you that you can't just throw it down to the Shusarabim. And therefore, volume doesn't really at the end matter, because we don't really practically care about the runoff. We just want you to understand that you're not supposed to throw it out. That, right, has implications with us, because it means that even though Andrew's added contribution of wastewater is going to cause a runoff for sure, that's not the issue. So if that's not our issue that we're concerned about, so then why can't Andrew use Barry's cesspool in a case where they made an error between them? So the Gemara says like this, Rava was in fact misquoted. Rava, as we finally, mercifully, turn to pay testament Aleph, our intended daf for today, and see the finish line uh, very near. Lo shanu irvu. They didn't teach in the Mishnah uh, a case that Andrew can't use Barry's cesspool in a case where they made an Erev. That, that was the mistake, right? But as a matter of fact, the case was when they didn't make an Erev. Aval irvu mutarin. But certainly if they did make an Erev, then it would be, of course, mutar for Andrew to use Barry's cesspool. And everything is great now. They're friends and they're using each other's chatzers, both to draw and to get rid of water. Okay. Now, but wait a second. Chilo irvu, my time alone. Right, but when they didn't join the Erev, let, let me just think here, what's the reason that they can't pour the water into the neighbor's cesspool? Right, because the idea is like this. The reason why, it's just elaborating, again, the reason why that you can't use the other person's cesspool, mind you, by the time Andrew is in Barry's backyard pouring out his waste, right, he's in Barry's chatzar. That chatzar has an Erev, and that chatzar is just a yachid. So what's the problem? He should have the same din as Barry. Whoever is there has the same halacha. Answer is, how did Andrew get there? And how did he get the wastewater there? So at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about the wastewater. When you get to that point in the Brisa of Andrew using Barry's chatzar, that's not about the wastewater per se. That's about Andrew getting the wastewater to Barry. In order to do so, he would have to bring a cleat. And that transfer of a cleat from Barry's, uh, from Andrew's issues to Barry's issues, that's the problem. Hopefully we'll go back to this. That was really fun. All right. Next parak. Ninth parak of Masechus Erevin. Parak called Gagos. Discussion of when do you not need an Erev? Are there cases where you don't need an Erev at all and you can still carry? Let's see. Says the Mishnah. All the roofs of town, there's going to be the sheet of every mayor. Rashi explains already. Why would you be able to use all the adjoining roofs of the town as one Rishus? Right? 
Meaning you can carry from one to the other. You don't need an Arab, you don't need anything. So on the ground, you need Arab to get around from Chatzar to Chatzar. We said already, even Rosh Hashayachat through Rosh Hashayachat, you have a Gezerah. But above, on, on the roofs, in those days those roofs were used somewhat, but as Rashi explains, there's no conflicting usage because the usage is, is very sparse, says Rashi. Right, as it says over here, even though from down, down uh, stairs, everyone's right domains are split up. Right? This is where it goes. Right? They're not using it. They're using it sparsely. Therefore, what's the idea here? The idea is that when do you need an Erev? You need an Erev when you have conflicting usage, usages. Right? Rabbi right, Sate uses this there, and, right, and, and next to him, you know, Andrew uses this um, Matt Bornstein, I think his name, his name is Matt, right? So Rabbi Sate uses his, his chaser next to Matt Bornstein uses his chaser. <laughs> uh, but they're both using them, they use them very, very much. So therefore, because they're using their chasers very much, so then their schuyas would conflict, right? Where they're not to be, right? Where they're not to be an Eruv between them. So then that's, that would be usher because you don't want those clash of usages. However, the Gagos, even though you could go up there, right? It was very, very sparsely used. So it's just like one twilight zone where nobody really uses it. And so none of the usages are conflicting as it were. And therefore you could just walk willy-nilly across the entire area and carry. You don't need an Arab at that level of the city at all. Of course, those cities, right, were constructed different than us. Think of Aladdin, the first Aladdin, um, like 27 years ago, where he's just like running from roof to roof. Now, now the one thing is, if there's a discrepancy between, right, roof heights of 10 or more tfachim, so then that's going to be like, sort of like a mechitza, and at that point already you can't carry past it, so that's going to be a problem. So we're going to see in the Gemara how that works. Okay, Divere Mayor. That was all Rebbe Mayor. However, it's just like the house. Just like on the ground, it's going to be uh, an issue where you need an air of so too above ground, so to speak, above the houses on the roofs, you're going to need an air to carry from one to the other. We already quoted this once. Rabbi Shimon is the most mekel shita, as Rashi explains, because he holds that he doesn't care. He doesn't even care that it's the same kind of Rishus, right? The, the Tanakama, right? The Chachami make it, uh, I'm sorry, Rabbi Meir in the Tanakama, um, is making it sound like if it, it's a magic uh, aspect of roofs. But Rabbi Shimon's saying, forget about roofs, forget about above the house. Even on the level of the ground, even of the chatzar, even the karpaf, all of these external things, as long as the kli was already outside and bein hashmashas, you can carry willy-nilly all over town. That's the most mekel shita. And therefore, according to Rav Shimon, what he's really concerned about, which Rashi spells out, is taking the item out of your house into the chatzar. Right? So that becomes the issue. Okay? And we're going to see that he's all about bringing out something from the house. Now, of course, if we're concerned, Shema, you'll bring it out of the house, we're not going to let you actually carry it from one rishos to the other. So let's see. Let's see the gemara. So, a bunch of Tremendous, uh, a bunch of Chazal were sitting around discussing this issue. Yosef Abaye Baravin, Rabbi Hanina Baravin, Yosef Abaye Gabayu. So the two Abayes, one of them was the son of Avin, and they're all three of them sitting around. The Yosef Karmi, and they were discussing our Mishnah. Okay, so what do they have to say? So they said the following: Bishleim Rabbanon Savri Kesheb Shadir and Chaluk in the Mata Kach Diyon and Chaluk in the Mala. Right? They were talking Lomdus. So saying the Lomdus of, of the Chachamim is clear. It's glat because what it's, it's clear. It's easy to understand. They're saying just like it's split up, right, lamata in the houses, so too it's going to be split up by the roofs, and that's why you can't carry from roof to roof. Eli Rabbi Meir, Makas Maika Savar, right? What is the actual shot? What's the concept that Rabbi Meir has that allows him to carry from roof to roof? So let's see. Ika Savar Kashem Shadir and Chalukin Lamata Kafdir and Chalukin Mala Amai Rishasacha Same. So obviously he doesn't hold like the Chachamim that you split up the top just like you split at the bottom, because then he wouldn't say that's all one Rishus. These Pesavar Ein Chalukin Bechol Lamala Masar Rishus Achasi. However, if he holds. That anything above ten tefachim is just one rishus, and that's why the gagos are not split up the way the houses are. And therefore, afilu gagavoa asara benamuch asara nami. Then why does he hold that if there's a discrepancy of ten tefachim or more, right? That it's in fact blocks off the, the being one rishus, and then you can't carry. After all, everything above ten tefachim is all 
right, it's all going to be free domain, and it's going to be its own thing without mechitos, right? Anything above, to- and, and we don't care about the topography, whether it's, uh, right, a two-story building, or whether you build on an extra level, like the Isaacsons and the Shulmans and the Levies, right? Or if you didn't, it's all going to be this above the Ted Fachim, and therefore it's all should be one Rishus, above the Ted Fachim off street level. Abaye overhearing these two, Abaye, these two brothers talking, Abaye straightened them out. Amalu Abaye, Abaye said to the two, Lo Shmiya Lachu, Ha, the Amar Rav Yitzchak Baravdimi, did you not hear what Yitzchak Baravdimi said? Omer Hayah Rabbi Meir, and he's, it was a rhetorical question. He's going to say, this is what he said. Omer Hayah Rabbi Meir, Kol Makom Shatamoy, Seshay Rishus, Vehen Rishus Achas, right? Anytime, Rabbi Meir is consistent with himself, he's agreeing with himself, because Rabbi Meir himself holds that anytime that you see two Rishus, but it's really it's one, in other words, the areas are distinct, separated by tense Fachim, but really it's, let's say, two Rishus are Hayachid. Right, but it's a shusha yachid and a yachid, but it's separated with something in there that's more than ten amos. So, right, how does that apply to the case, right? Because above ten tefachim, even if you're going to say that that whole area is one rishus, the fact that it's going to have this discrepancy in heights, even within one rishus, is going to be a problem. Right, we've already discussed this. Let's say you have the post inside an actual rishus yachid. So now it's in Rafal's chazer. So let's say in his construction he's currently doing, he built a post that has the dimensions that we've been talking about this whole time of four tefachim wide and ten tefachim high. So also the kasef You're not allowed to, you know, bring it even from your own chazer into that area. And Rameir Shita is very Machmir Shita with regards to these elevate, elevated things, that it's a Gezerah. That obviously, we understand that in Rosh Rabim, if, if something was constructed with these dimensions, it would literally be bringing it, as we have discussed, from the Rosh Rabim into its own territory, which is Rosh Hashanah Yachid. That's the Arisa, right? However, such a platform, even in your own backyard, would be also, that's a very Machmir Shita Rameir of a Gezerah. So therefore, Rameir is consistent with himself in our Mishnah. The Lundus is that he holds that it's all one Rosh and that's what you can carry. But he also happens to be Machmir when it comes to elevation differences, when there's more than 10 it's on Rishos, it's going to be a problem. And Abaye finishes it off here. And that's how it's applicable to the case of the roofs as well. Okay. So now, Abaye, Bar, Abaye and Rabchanina, the sons of Abaye, and those brothers, when, when they heard this explanation from Abaye, they assumed that Rameir is also not going to allow even from a barrel, let's say, right? Metaltolin, so to speak. As long as it's 10 fucking high and 4 fucking wide, they're going to say that you can't even put something on top of a mortar or a barrel. So Amr Abaye, Hachi Amr But Abaye said to them, no, 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 guys. Cool your jets. Slow your roll. That's not, it doesn't mean metoplin. Lo ama rabbi meir ela amud amasarichai. No, he only meant like a real post, right? Or the millstone. Something that's fixed as the, the Gemara continues to quote No, it's a stationary object. So then that's going to, yes, that's going to uh, apply to rabbi meir. But you're just talking about like a giant barrel in a, in a cellar, in a wine cellar. I mean, who has a wine cellar? But if they did, a giant barrel in a wine cellar, if you're just going to talk about that, so then that's a metaltolin. That, okay, you certainly could put something on top of that. Okay. But now the Gemara is going to ask, well, maybe we can ask a shayla on that. Because if you have a wall, right, between two chatseros, that's set in its place. So according to Abaye, that should mean that the mayor is not going to let you pa- pass from one chatser to another over a wall because the wall is going to somehow, or at least put it on the wall because the wall is going to be, right, a problem of topography, right? It's going to be 10 fucking miles. Let's see. Rabbi Yehuda, however, Rabbi Yehuda said, should Timsi Loma. If you're going to look into this, you're going to see the Divir of Meir, Gagain Rishus Laatzman, Chater Rishus Laatzman, Karpifos Rishus Laatzman. You're going to see within Reb Meir that he breaks it down into types, right? We had said this before already. The Reb Meir isn't just going to say, he's not like, right, he's not like Rabbi Shimon that allows you to carry anything that's, that's outside. He actually breaks it up. He wants all Chater can carry into other Chaters, all Gag into other Gagos, right? That's how you understand our Mishnah. It has to be, we don't Mish domains, as it were, right? As long as it's the same category, okay? The question is how? Yeah. But we have a concept that uh, So that that uh Yachin is smiling with walls all the way up to the Shemaim. So you're saying anything should be okay inside Rishus Yachin. What possibly does we're well, thinking about in Gigas or Matzah? Right. It ha- no. So it has to be Rishus Yachin. It is. Rishis yeah. So 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 I, I the way I understand it is that the Gemara is discussing not what we uh, assume la It's discussing the very Machmashita of Rami 
right? This is, we're kicking around the idea of Rabbi Meir that even if he considers the whole thing one Rishos, remember, he considers all the Bagos to be one Rishos. So when you're putting your, your, your mindset of Rabbi Meir, think of all the roofs of town to be your backyard, right? It's one Rishos. And even so, he still says, this is why we found it, right? You're coming around to what the Gemara found to be a problem right in the beginning. We said, if it's all one Rishos, why do we care about the discrepancy in the heights? That would be the, like having a barrel in your backyard. It's Adla Shemaim, right? This is exactly your question. So the answer is, we're going to try to figure out, how, what was Rameyer thinking that, that he would say? Like, right, that's exactly the question. In other words, it's to say that the discrepancy in the roofs are a problem is tantamount to saying that having a barrel in your chutzah is a problem. Who in the world says that? Right, so that's the issue. How would you say such a thing? Right, my lo- so, so we're saying, if that's in fact a problem, my love to Charlie Taturi Derek Kotzel, right? And, and therefore, right, we say, uh, we have also a raya that within the chatzar, from one chatzar to another, one karp up to another, right, that you're allowed to pass a, transfer an object from one chatzar via a wall that separates them. But the problem is, if the wall is separating its tenth fachim and at least four fachim thick, then Rabbi Meir is not going to allow it to go past these elevations. The Gemara answers, Well, that takes away the problem. He says that, yeah, Rabbi Meir would answer that. But he's allowing in those cases through the wall because there's actually an opening. Okay, well, once there's an opening, obviously you don't have a question. So you're, you're right. Shita Vermeer is very counterintuitive to us. We're not used to Shita Vermeer. We don't pass him like that. Um, and, but Shita Vermeer would even have problems. You'd have to be careful, even in your own rishus, uh, with elevation issues. So, I the Gemara is comparing inside one rishus to two gabos, which are on two separate rishus. The question is, can you mend and mesh the different rishus if they're at different heights? Vermeer says no. How does that have to do with in your rishus? Unbelievable, unbelievable. You're so locked in to the Shita Chachamim. That you uh, write the Svara, this is how the Gemara started. The Gemara says, We understand the Svara of the Chachamim. You do. You, we all understand the Svara of the Chachamim. It's different Rishuyos. What are you talking about? It's Seitz House and Bornstein's house. Like, this is not one Rishuyos, but you have, to, you have to understand the mentality of a mayor. The Gemara is trying to take you out of that just to see the world of a mayor that we don't pass in like, which is that in your house and Matt's house, it's one Rishuyos. It's considered all one Rishuyos. It's as if it's the same. And the ownership of the two houses being, being owned by two different people doesn't matter. With respect to Rishuyos of Shabbos, it's all the same. It would be like saying the Rishus Rabim, like, you don't own different parts of Rishus Rabim. Everybody owns it collectively. It is very counterintuitive to our, right, to our mentality. Okay. Okay, so then nine lines up. Then we're back to reality now, right? We're back to what we're used to. The Chacham say it's all its own Rishus. So, okay, so even within that own Rishus, right? So let's say, Right, Bornstein and Seid are each on their roofs. So does that mean that they can't carry it all? Right, as Rav says, and but you can only carry Arbamos. Right, that we know is Allah, That's a way of saying you can't carry it all because that roof is entirely open to one another. There's no air up there. The air is down on the ground, and therefore maybe it would be like a Rishus Harabim, as we just said. That was a good segue, right? So do you consider that entire one Rishus above the roofs to be like a Rishus Harabim where you can't carry it all, or no, a, a, like a straight up right um, old school way? Right of of saying the, exactly the shitas chachamim that the rishuyos below actually dictate the rishuyos above as well, which would mean that what that just like Matt and Rafal can carry in their own chutzers on the ground, so too they each can carry in the full extent of their chutzer, of their gagim above the ground. So which is it? So the Gemara says, let's see, where's this machlokas coming from? The mechitzos hanikaros the pligi. Obviously, if you had mechitzos that were visible, the halacha would be like Shmuel, right? That everybody has their own rishus ayachid even on the roof, and everybody can carry the length and breadth of their own roofs just like they do in their own chutzers. Keep pligi nikaros. Where they argue is where you look up at the topography, you look, uh, you, right, you go up as Rafal State does every so often to Aish, and you look down in your Shalayim, and you see all the whole, the, all the roofs of your Shalayim just look like one big Rishus. Right, you can't even see where one house ends and the other house begins. That's where you can have the machlokas. Rav Amar in the El Bar Amos. Rav looks at this and it looks like a Kotel promenade, even though it's people's roofs. He says that's like a Rishus Arabim, and therefore you can't carry from one roof to the other. Why? Because lo Amar good asik mechitzta. He's not going to say that the walls of the various houses are going to be going up and causing partitions. Which Shmuel Amar muto tata bechulo the Amar good asik mechitzta. And Shmuel is going to allow it because he can say that there are partitions. So we say it's not a chamer. I'm kolecha beechad or it's just the asmo. Kolecha beechad. And the reason I read that is because I wanted to get to Amar Beis. We'll stop here. <laughs>